Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. This is take two. Welcome, Cynthia Fortledge. Hi there. <laughs> uh, we tried this yesterday, and uh, for some reason, my internet cut off. And um, so instead of, you know, tacking on the, the last 15 minutes of the conversation, I'm like, Hey, it's a new day. Let's start a new conversation. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Cynthia, and then we're just going to do a deep dive because Cynthia has an amazing, amazing story. Um, she spent 30 years as a technology executive, having um, experience working in the digital marketing, corporate culture, leadership and diversity, equity and inclusion spaces. Since 2017, she's been developing coaching for women and LGBT plus persons who are wanting to advance their professional career. She's a rock star. She, in 2014 through 2016, Cynthia was named to Huffington Post Top 100 Most Social CIOs, which is Chief Information Officers on Twitter. In 2017 through 19, all three years, she was listed as Top 100 LBGT Executives by Outstanding.org and the Financial Post. And uh, last year, 2019, Cynthia was a finalist for CIO of the Year, which is just amazing um, by women in it awards you you're a freaking rock star cynthia welcome <laughs> thank you thank you um i'm not sure i'd use rock star but i appreciate it thanks <laughs> um well you've like to me like reading all those accomplishments it's like wow she's amazing um but i i actually want to start off today yeah. by mm -hmm. talking about your complete uh, life transformation, becoming a digital nomad. Yeah. yeah. How in the world did you jump from that to this? Well, um, you know, I would say that whether you prefer the word brave or courageous, um, you know, it's part of life. They're, they're both. Aren't they both kind of the same? They are. Um, I have specific definitions that I live by. Tell um, me. But, well, um, I would say that a firefighter who runs into a burning building uh -huh. is brave. Uh -huh. um, I would say that uh, someone in the military who takes orders that might be against their own personal values, that's brave. Uh -huh. And I would say that even in today's world, that a police officer who puts on a uniform knowing they're going to be hated just because of the uniform, that's brave. Mm. Courage is what you have to summon in order to to do something, um, but really, you know, it is uh, my my roommate. Uh, you know, we had this discussion between uh, you know being uh, religious and uh, you know being uh, I'll say you know a a Christian background, and and really, you know, it's kind of the same thing because we're talking about our spirituality mm -hmm. right so I, I think really in the essence what i have matured and learned is mm -hmm. that while i have these definitions of what it means to be brave and courageous the simple reality is it's whatever word works for you mm -hmm. um, because they do have similar meanings mm -hmm. it's just i've i've implied different meanings based upon the way i have seen them through my life mm -hmm. and through my lens. So um, it is through that journey that, you know, 
took me to redefine the last, uh, since 2016, and, and clearly it has roots all the way back to, at least from what I can recall, 1969. Mm -hmm. um, but it manifested in 2016 through even today. And so this is just a continuation of redefining my life and my life's journey and being brave or courageous mm -hmm. and pushing myself outside my comfort zone. Mm. And so becoming a digital native, which simply means I have a storage locker and a post office box. That is all that remains of my residence in my home country of Canada. I'm traveling and living under a Canadian passport, mm -hmm. but I don't have a home to go back to. So, you know, do And tell me how many shoes you put in storage again. <laughs> um, I will leave it at simply in excess of a hundred. <laughs> because, yeah. because I said to you yesterday, like, I, I would love to do what you're doing, but I think, what would I do with all my clothes? <laughs> yeah, um, clothes. Um, there's definitely a couple of storage bins of clothes. There's uh -huh. more than a couple of bins of shoes. Um, yes, that, uh, and boots uh -huh. that went into storage. So, yeah, I mean, the reality is, is you to be a digital nomad, ideally, you have to learn to live your life out of 50 pounds out of a suitcase. Wow. And that's it for potentially a year or two years or could be maybe four months, like whatever length of time you want to be a digital nomad. So for myself, I was contemplating a two-year journey. So, uh -huh. yeah. so you're, in, um, you're in Medellin? Yeah. yeah. Colombia? Medellin, Colombia, yes. Uh-huh. And how did how did that all happen? Like, did you just did you just wake up and say, Oh, I think I want to do this bye to my old life and hello new life? Uh, I no. heard the mariachi band. Yeah, so yeah, the traveling mariachi band has decided to stop right outside my window. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of the many beautiful things that you experience. Yeah. This is like, this is their authentic culture. You're immersed. Totally. I, I'm, I'm not a holidayer. I'm not, I'm not on vacation. Uh -huh. I'm living. Uh -huh. I'm living. So, you know, I started a travel program with uh, 27 others uh -huh. and I'm trying to time it in between <laughs> um, with 27 others 60% uh, from the US the rest uh -huh. from around the world uh -huh. and we arrived at this place where we started in Santiago Chile lived there for a month then went to Lima Peru for five weeks and I fell in love living there mm. and then we did you go to, to did you go to Machu Picchu I did not. Okay. It was one of the things, but I did go into the heart of the Amazon jungle, uh -huh. which is a whole oh, other adventure. Yeah, let's do, we can talk about that story too. So, um, quite simply, it was um, we arrived in our third location for our third month, which was Medellin. Bravo, Indiana. bravo to the band. <laughs> oh, 
I'm sure they're going to kick up another song. So just, <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, so we got here. Um, and then that, uh, COVID thing came about uh -huh. and, I, and I say it tongue in cheek. I mean, very seriously, it was not taken uh, lightly, Yeah. but we were very impressed with how the Colombian government, and honestly, there became a, a moment of truth as they talk about, and it was either get the heck out and go back home, mm -hmm. wherever home would be, which would be somewhere in Canada, mm -hmm. um, or stay. And um, looked at my roommate at the time, and we kind of looked at each other. She's from the UK, and we said, let's stay. So we did. Uh, three months later, we're here. And just today, you know, we were talking and definitely here um, into September um, and contemplating going to Spain for three months. Um, and to I'll meet do, you. I'll meet you there. Okay. Uh, in October and actually do an immersive four hour a day Spanish program. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, and then after we finish that, then come back to Medellin to maybe live for a year. Uh, because I've actually connected here so much and just I have so many good memories and it's so affordable that it's a really great place to kind of restart your life and get going assuming you know Spanish or which case I would come back being much more fluent than when I left so uh-huh uh-huh yeah and so how does how does your like work day because you're working right I am absolutely living and working um, no, obviously I'm running my own business, my own consultancy. So I have some freedom. Uh -huh. Um, so, you know, today it was up at seven. I was working by eight, kind of had coffee in hand. Um, and then it was going through, you know, doing email, checking performance in my social media posts, answering any messages, um, and then creating more content. And today, I just wrote three brand new articles that'll be published over the next uh, two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and to do that, um, I've got content kind of laid out, a content plan developed of other content that I'm writing. Um, that's a part of it. I've got in the background, I pre-scheduled social media posts, believe it or not, into, I think it's August. Wow. Um, I, I, wow. During this downtime with COVID, I have just had such creative energy. And uh -huh. so I've just been generating content after content to talk about, you know, some fun things. I have a, a travel series that I, I post travel pictures, scenery pictures. Uh -huh. um, I have a series, um, these boots are made for walking. I have these beautiful red hiking boots. Uh -huh. um, and so um, every place I go, I take a picture of the boots on the ground. Uh -huh. and, and so I update on uh, my uh, steps taken, uh, my average per day for the month previous in the location, uh -huh. as well as the number of miles that I've traveled. So it's called These Boots Are Made for Walking series. Cute. Um, but then I also have um, a um, learning on the road, things I've learned while traveling. Um, I have like, like what, for instance? Um, in South America, and I'm sure weather has a lot to do it, but they're very outdoor culture oriented compared to my experience living in Winnipeg in Canada, which goes through about six months of real cold winter. Right, right. Um, here, it's very much an outdoor culture. Um, walking, running, biking, hiking. Um, it's like everybody does it. Uh -huh. And it's just, it's part of the culture, part of the life. 
um, you know, I mean, it was, I was getting to the point, I was walking, you know, almost 10,000 steps or more a day on average. Wow. Um, my record's 22,000 in a single day. Wow. So, and that was not a hike. I was not on a long-term hike. So just, you know, uh, the joy of not owning a car, not having the responsibility, using public transport, and just walking about your neighborhood and getting to know it. And yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I answered your question. I was just getting so carried away between the music. Um, and, you know, just the whole experience of reliving, you know, all of these images of the travel, the travel learnings. Um, you know, there's a whole series. I've published two or three series now on leadership, focusing on leadership terms. And, you know, what are the terms that leaders would use? And, to deal with it, there's a whole series. Um, uh, I'm a coach as well, right? So part of it is, you know, kind of the themes around coaching. So I have a spiritual theme that I'm running right now, which I believe a coach really needs to be aligned with the folks they're working with. And that's both, you know, we both need to be in the same mental space, mm -hmm. um, need to be coming with the right skills to help at the right time. We need to be in the same spiritual space because a lot of coaching and a lot of self-development is about our spirituality. Yeah. And so we really need to be in alignment. So, you know, talking about that, and then I have all these articles that I'm writing. Um, June is Pride Month. Um, I do identify as LGBT plus in the community. So I've been writing articles to celebrate, not at the expense of um, the challenges of Black Lives Matter and a number of the issues that are going on today with racism and so forth. I've written specific articles addressing those, my own racism, my history of racism, and recognizing um, where it comes into play within, you know, leadership and within just, you know, at the end of the day, we're all leaders because we all lead our own lives. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're not a leader at work or in your community, you're still a leader in your own life. And a leader of all, one. Yeah, and you still have to to do that. And when you think nobody's watching, and for years I thought nobody's watching. You know, who wants to watch what was going on in my life? And yet I find so many people are watching. So mm -hmm. as long so, as I continue to lead my life authentically, then everyone gets the benefit of being a part of my life. Yeah. So how, how do you help your clients that you coach? Well, my primary focus on working with my clients is in their professional lives. Now, that's, and I say professional lives versus career coaching. Um, because it's really whatever the person defines that fits into that. Mm -hmm. um, I also don't limit myself to say that I'm not a life coach. The coaching that I do, when you're coaching somebody professionally, you know, your professional life is about your spiritual life and it is about your personal life and obviously your working life that all comes together. Mm -hmm. And so really when I coach professionally, it is how do you pull all of those aspects together? Because chances are, when you're trying to advance your professional life, it probably involves elements across all three of those spheres. Right. I, I'm definitely not a health coach and I'm not a, um, um, a, a you know, exercise coach and I'm not a relationship coach. Mm -hmm. um, certainly I have experience between the genders mm -hmm. to talk uh, about certainly with women about understanding men and men's lives and that's not to make excuses it's really to help women get ahead 
in their professional life and in their lives and to find that love and acceptance, a big theme of mine, um, when I pull it together because everything that I do talks about love and acceptance in all of those spheres, how we pull it together because life is holistic and I don't think you can coach unless you're coaching holistic um, and we live our lives holistically. So at the end of the day, you really have to pull it all together and that's what I try and do in working with my clients. And I just simply refer to it as helping them on their professional goals. Mm -hmm. but, but, really, but really, you're an alignment coach. Um, could be. Um, I've I mean, never really thought of it in that way. I mean, that, you know, after our conversations, that's, that's the big message that I get right. is about coming into alignment with who you really are. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, because one of the, the first layer of acceptance without understanding, the philosophy that I teach and, and I use as the basis, the first step is really to deal with, they're getting a little louder, sorry. Um, the, uh, the first stage is really preparing to accept. And like, you really have to open yourself up in all aspects. You're your physical self, your mental self, um, your spiritual self, and your emotional self. Because it's a journey for all of you. Mm -hmm. um, but the first goal of acceptance is acceptance of self. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, you can't go to the second step, which is asking those around you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, your close circle of people, um, those immediate circle of even acquaintances to accept your real authentic self. And then you can't, if you can't do that, then it makes it really hard to ask society to accept you as you are. But once you can have all of those layers accepting, then you can ultimately accept your true destiny in life, your life goal, your life vision. And sometimes it's not your vision, it's the vision that's given to you. Mm -hmm. I never set off thinking, oh, acceptance without understanding. How do I get everybody to believe it? I was given a message that I need to live a life of acceptance without understanding. And I have realized through my own journey and exploring it and working on acceptance because they're not a start stop journey. You're done. No, no, it's not. It's a constant cycle of, of work and evolution in each of those spaces. And what I've learned is what started as a journey for myself has become a journey for everyone. Yeah, I mean, this, you know that we, we talked about, because this is a big part of my message too, is that, mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody needs to love and accept themselves yes. right here and right now, regardless mm -hmm. of what's gone on, regardless yes. of how you've been hurt, regardless of, um, you know, the, the fears and the insecurities and the self-doubts and the, you know, questioning mm -hmm. your worth and all of that stuff. It's like, you, I feel like our whole life, Mm -hmm. um, we have these blocks that yes. prevent us from loving and accepting ourselves, And yes. so it's, it's our, it's our responsibility and obligation to return us to this, to this sense of balanced, you know, balanced, aligned, mm -hmm. um, with your own truth. Yes. And so I know that you struggled a lot with yourself, with your, in your own journey about accepting yourself. Oh, yeah. So you want to talk about how, why this message is so important to you and for you and for the rest of the world? 
Yeah, it was, um, it didn't begin, but it manifested physically in 2016, mm -hmm. where I dealt with the challenge of my gender identity mm -hmm. and realized that I had been living a life to everyone else's expectations to that point, being a white, successful male in business, climbing through the ranks, doing everything because that's what was expected of me. And the external validation that I was given at every level from my parents, from my spouse, mm -hmm. um, or ex-spouse, all right, um, to uh, my co-workers and my employers and just my, my business community, that was the person who I was and realizing that wasn't authentically me. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't authentically me because since about 1959 or four years old, sorry, 69, 69, um, since about four years old, I had been struggling with elements of my identity. And at first it just manifested as cross-dressing, quote, behind, you know, bedroom doors, very private, to um, really questioning my own identity. Um, at a 48 years old, I began to question, who am I? Um, and by 50, I was starting to answer that question, and it was, I wasn't who I was, I was me. Mm -hmm. And it was really to be authentically myself, and that began both a, again, a physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional journey mm -hmm. to bring all of me through. And it began with learning to accept myself and this journey that was in front of me um, that I had to undertake um, and do so bravely or courageously. Right, both. Uh, both. That, yeah, that took me through it because of who I was and what I was taught, if you will, real beliefs, real values that I had. I didn't believe I could go off and sneak and do this privately. I did it publicly. I did it on the job. As a working executive, I did it publicly. I talked a lot about it um, on an old public blog that I had. I posted it on Facebook to keep everybody updated. Um, I was doing speeches and talking in public. There was no hiding the journey that I was on. Did you get a lot of backlash, though? People who, you know, just said, are you crazy? What are you, why are you doing this? Where well, you're hurting your family, you know? I mean, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I was disowned by my birth family uh, mm -hmm. through this. I've since had acquaintance-style communications with my older and younger sister. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, both my parents passed away during this process. Um, while I can share moments um, that I can generally tell without crying, um, very emotional last moments with both my parents mm -hmm. um, that we ended the way we ended. Um, and they're both gone. And certainly I have connected in the spiritual world with both of them. Um, really, we had dealt with everything that needed to be. And, you know, it's... It, to come back to your message, you know, it's about love, right? Mm -hmm. And while they could never understand, um, you know, um, they didn't necessarily accept, um, but they also didn't not love me. 
um, through that. So it really made it a very um, difficult period. Um, it did end up resulting in the end of um, at the 32 year mark, my, uh, my 32 year marriage, but it was about 30 year at the 30 year mark is when I came out mm -hmm. and um, that really ended the relationship as we were not able to recover. Um, we worked at it. Um, we were doing couples therapy. I was doing individual therapy, mm -hmm. we were going, but yeah. Um, and that's when I combined the idea of love and acceptance. Yeah. Um, that's really where it came together very powerfully for me. Um, you know, I struggled to rebuild the relationship with my children. Um, they're 27, um, 27 year old son and a 23 year old daughter. You know, they struggled for, gosh, at least the first year and a bit. And it was really in the second year we reestablished a relationship that uh, for my daughter and I have become much, much closer. Um, I understand her world much more. And my son, um, he's still trying, but we at least have a relationship. And um, I feel that it's a good relationship that we have. Mm -hmm. um, in my friend circle, it's only but growing. Um, there's only one couple who um, were actually some of our closest friends that felt that I, um, how could I hurt the family this way and, mm -hmm. and cut me off from their life? Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, I realized through this journey and through realizing my own true essence of who I am, what I'm about, what's my calling, what am I supposed to be doing? It wasn't my 30 year executive career. And so I left that as well. Mm -hmm. So leaving and becoming a digital nomad was a way to leave the place where I was all of those things that I wasn't mm -hmm. and to literally start over and redefine it as I'm traveling the world and gaining the breadth and experience of other cultures, other languages, mm -hmm. um, and other societies to see how they accept me and how well that I can actually just live. Mm -hmm. That you don't have to live up to anybody else's expectations or, you know, no. or responsibilities no. that other people try to put on you. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not carrying the baggage of who I was. Yeah. They only know me as me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and we, we talked a little bit about this before, about how, you know, you can't imagine that, you know, as a parent, you unconditionally love your children. Yes. Right? And that's what we say. That's what we say. That's what we say. And your kids can do some pretty terrible things. Mm -hmm. And they can be pretty hurtful to you. I mean, I can't tell you how many times my kids told me to F off, <laughs> you know? And I was like, this is not okay. This is not how you treat people. But even though I would get super mad, you know, and I would react and whatever, it's like, I've always told them, you can't do anything that will make me not love you. You know, I mean, if I, even if, even if you were to do something horrible and speakable, I would feel really badly for you. I would, I would try to have, a here we are again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's back. Good. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so you, as a parent, I would mm -hmm. hope that you would just love and accept your kid, no matter what's going on with them. 
but this is a real struggle. I mean, this is why your message is so important because you were cut off from your family, mm -hmm. right? And you were cut off from your ex and from your kids for a little while because they weren't accepting you. They didn't understand. Yeah. And exactly that, you know, even today outside of my own singular existence, right? As many in the LGBT community experience um, families, you know, who otherwise would love them for every other reason, mm -hmm. you know, decide to reject them simply because of this aspect of them. Mm -hmm. And really, you know, it brings out that element of what is this idea of unconditional love or, or true love when you talk about with a partner? Yeah. And really it's about love and acceptance, mm -hmm. right? Now, as a society, just for your listeners, the idea is society needs to understand. And the way that we've been taught to gain understanding is ask the question, why? It's a question that gives us answers that helps us understand, which means we normally have a practice of, I need to understand in order to accept. Mm -hmm. And that Explain means to me why two plus two equals four. Yeah. Right. So... You know, the inverse of that is, can't you just accept that I'm still a human being? Can't my parents just accept I was still their child? Can't my spouse still accept that I was just their spouse? But they couldn't. Because, because on an emotional level, on a soul level, on a heart level, you're still the same person. Right. It's just externally, you look a little different. The packaging's changed. The rest of it's just gotten better. Yeah. Um, and, and look, let, let me not minimize, okay? To know somebody as your husband, your friend, your father, um, to all of a sudden become this lady. Mm -hmm. um, it's, confu it's confusing for confusing. everybody. It's a shock. Um, you know, I have this this phrase that I love to use, and it was, you know what? My spouse, she never asked for this, mm -hmm. but neither did I. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that people forget. It, this was not something, oh boy, I can hardly wait till we had our 30 years of marriage so I can come out. Uh -huh. It was like, why am I having to deal with this now? Like, why does this come up? Uh -huh. Because I could no longer suppress it. I had reached that point in my life that quietness, of fulfilling many aspects of quote a successful life that it gave room for me to be honest with myself and to become authentic that i never had been before that's a really hard thing for most people to do don't you think to face themselves really and truly it is and it's one of the reasons why certainly within you know my group as a transgender person that we still see attempted suicide rates in the 50%. Now, I mean, let, let me put this in perspective for, you know, for your viewers. In the under 18 category, I believe the national average is a very sad number of like 4.6% um, attempt suicide mm -hmm. in the under 18 category. Mm -hmm. If they are within the transgender family, it's 54%. Wow. They have proven through scientific studies that if you could simply just accept that child in that moment, 
guess what? The number reverts to the 4.6%. That's, that's what all of us want. Don't we all want to just be loved and accepted? Exactly. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't want to be judged for what I do. I want to be accepted for who I am. Like, I'm a, I'm a sacred soul. Right. And so are you. Yeah. And so just because we have these different experiences, just because, I mean, you're not, you're not doing this to hurt anybody, you know, and this is, you know, when people, when people were saying to you, why are you hurting your family? Right. And it's like, why, why I, I don't want to hurt my people, my family. This is not my intention, but if I'm not living in alignment with my truth, I'm really dishonoring myself. And that dishonor leads to suicide, attempted or otherwise. Depression, anxiety, anxiety. addiction, lots of things, yes. lots of unhealthy yes. ways of coping because you're not, you're not really being yourself. Right. And a lot of those feelings that are put upon us, that come on, that are crushing, you know, uh, shame. Shame, big, right? big one. Yeah. Okay. It comes from society. It's not given to ourselves. Yeah. Society puts shame upon us. They have taught us to be ashamed of who we are. But do you, but all we, do you we think that, accept. Do you think that's because the people that are shaming other people, it's because they're not really accepting themselves either? Quite likely, but they're also living in that I must understand in order to accept. Uh-huh. And again, you know, deciding to understand is a choice. And if you choose that, if they don't look like you, pray like you, talk like you, you know, live in your neighborhood like you, Uh then, well, guess what? I don't need to understand them because I just don't accept them. But that's this whole, that's this whole sense of separation, right? Right. Like, I don't understand you therefore I'm maybe afraid of you or I'm Mm going to judge you or I'm going to criticize you or try to shame you for some reason. Um, because I, because I can't, because I can't face accepting you as a, as another human being, as a valued member of society. Right. Because you see, they don't see the human being first. And that's what I challenge them with. Do you see me as a human being? Can you accept that I'm another human being first? Uh-huh. And how do, how do people respond to that? Well, I mean, I've certainly had some success with it, but I've also found people who are struggling on the understanding side. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you still need to ask why before you accept, then that means I don't know your intent when you want to ask the why question. Mm-hmm. Is it to be hurtful? Is it to attack? Is it to demean? Or is it just simple curiosity? Whereas if you accept, and I know that you've accepted and you ask, then I know you're simply curious. And as long as you do it in a respectful way, mm-hmm. and look, I haven't met anybody who knows all the right words and knows how to say it in the right way. Yeah. But you sure know when somebody's asking a respectful question, even if they don't word it correctly. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is 
Acceptance allows us to ask the question from a place of positivity mm-hmm. from a, versus a place of negativity. Mm-hmm. And because I don't know where you're coming from, I have to protect myself and assume that those that want to ask the question why first may have a malicious intent. Mm-hmm. And I could simply try and accept it, but I really need them for my safety to accept me to deal with it, just as I accept that they are who they are. Mm-hmm. I don't question who they are. I accept who they are. I just need them to accept me, and then we can talk about our differences. But see, that's the thing. It's like, it's like we're all unique, Yes. and yet for some reason, we all want other people to act how we act and think like we think and do how we do. And, and look it, how we look. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like we, we're all the same in the sense that we all experience sadness. We all experience joy. We all cry this, you know, the same tears. We have the same color blood. It's like, as part of our humanity, Mm -hmm. we're all so similar. Yes. And the differences to me actually enhance and expand your own experience of your own life rather than limit them. But when you push people away and you Mm -hmm. reject them based on whatever reason, you know, it's like you're creating that sense of separation. You're creating that Mm -hmm. sense of small mindedness. You're creating that sense of judgment. Absolutely. And you know, the other aspect and, and you kind of touched on it in a bit of your comments, but I just want to highlight it is, you know, in, if I put on my management hat, right, we have this concept, we talk about group thing. So if everybody looks like you and acts like you and behaves like you and so forth, then you have one point of view, one opinion when trying to make decisions versus if you have a diverse group, Right. Coming together and making opinions based upon diverse insights and experiences, you make better decisions. And in fact, in the business community, that can result in almost a 30% increase on the bottom line. Wow. 30%. Wow. So it, diversity has a real business implication when we talk about decision making and performance improvement besides making everybody much more comfortable coming to work and bringing all of their true selves. Right. 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 So you're getting the best out of everybody. They're not holding back because, because I need to hide and pretend. Right. So how can we all learn to do this? Well, you know, um, I'm continuing to blog about it and, and write about it. Um, you know, I'm talking about four or five minute reads that I'm publishing on a weekly basis to help people start to grasp this. Um, I got entire social media campaigns that I'm publishing on Instagram and on Facebook and LinkedIn um, in order to raise the concepts and begin the process of having dialogue. And, you know, certainly I'm open to working with folks um, to do that. And, you know, as I continue to write and and prepare and publish um one day there will be a book um about this that you can go read as well and um i hope to continue to just bring this message to a larger and larger audience on a global scale 
because quite honestly, that's what spirit has asked me to do. And, uh, and I know we've, we've talked about this, uh, but for, for your viewers, it's, you know, when we talk about spirit or God, um, Allah, creator, source, creator, source, all these other wonderful names that define these entities that means we're talking about love. Love has asked me to share the message of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I have taken that as my life's mission for the time that I have left is to share a message of love and acceptance. Mm -hmm. It's so needed, Cynthia. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I know you're doing so much work in the LBGT plus. Q. Do, do people say Q too? <laughs> they do, but you do it. You do it before the plus. The oh, plus okay. is the last thing. Q plus. <laughs> yes. I'm not PC correct. Sorry. <laughs> You're trying. But I'm learning. I'm, I'm I'm learning, and I'm trying. Right. I mean, people are people are people. Exactly. People right. are people, and we all deserve to be loved and accepted regardless of whether or not you understand me, regardless of whether or not you agree with me, there yep. should be these, these basic human um, needs. I know you talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs yes. yesterday during our conversation. It's like these basic human needs of um, honor and respect just for the simple sake that I'm a human being. I exist. Like there's no debating that I exist. I'm I'm a right. physical being. I'm here. Right. I exist. Right. It's not, it's not open for debate. So why do people debate all the other stuff? <laughs> because they're focused on trying to understand. Mm -hmm. And they've either decided they don't want to understand, or they can't understand, mm -hmm. or they don't care to understand. Mm -hmm. And not caring to understand is what just, just perpetuating the sense of separation. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess I have a hard time because I'm such a curious person anyways. I know mm -hmm. that I drove my parents crazy when I was a kid. Why, yeah. why, 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 why? And, yes. you know, this was, this was one of the reasons that I became a therapist, I think, because I do ask a lot of questions. And right. even sometimes in my own relationships, they're like, for God's sake, Don, can you stop asking yeah. so many questions like yes. this is just how I communicate because I do want to understand because for me mm -hmm. understanding makes me feel more connection sure and but I want I I value my connections with people I value right. feeling this sense of closeness and similarity while also honoring our differences right but just remember that understanding comes after accepting it, well, yeah. You, you don't accept and not understand. Right. It's just you accept without understanding. Right. And once you've done that, then you can have dialogue. You can ask all your whys to gain understanding. Right. After you've dealt with the acceptance piece. Right. But, but not that, before. But that's, but that's when, I, because you and I talked about this, it has to start with yourself. If I can't, yes. love, if I can't love and accept myself. Oh. Even if I, even if I don't understand myself, because, because understanding myself is a lifelong journey. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And so if I love and accept myself, yeah. 
you know, I have compassion for myself. I, you know, I try to respect myself. I try to honor what's right for me. And I try to live my life um, in accordance to my own sense of values and, you know, goodwill towards mm -hmm. myself and towards other people. Right. And so I would think if you can do that for yourself, then you can also extend that for other people without without the understanding. Like I'm still trying to figure myself out for goodness sakes. Right. You know, and so I, you just come, you come from a place of love and compassion and just saying, I see the sacred in you. You know, I'm, I'm, we look through our eyes, but really we see with our heart. heart. Yeah. And that's why I connected with yeah. you. <laughs> because right. I see your heart. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you did. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, thank you because this is this is important. I know a lot of people, I, I work with a lot of people um in the LGBTQ plus uh community. And yeah. um my whole, you know, my whole life. And I see the ways that they struggle and I see, um, you know, I see people getting cut off from their families mm -hmm. and I see them saying, you think I would choose this if I chose all the backlash and the, and the people turning on me and the people hating me and, you know, mm -hmm. doing awful things towards me or to our community. Yeah. Um, just, you know, just like the black community are right. receiving all of these things because of the color of their skin. And it's like, people, we're all people. Yes, totally. Yes. We're all people and we're all deserving of love and honor and respect. Exactly. Yeah. So can we please take our blinders off? Yeah, please. And see people's truth, which is in their heart, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that a lot of people would say, well, you know, what about people who hurt people? Well, people who hurt people, they're not seeing their own truth either. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, to, to give you an, an analogy that I use, um, there are no short of groups who have a dislike of many folks, but I'll use specifically in my own case, transgender folks. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Acceptance means I accept that they have had teachings, experiences, their life journey has taught them to have that hate. Mm -hmm. I accept that. But the key is when what they say and what they do crosses the line of becoming their own life journey and imposes upon my life journey, mm -hmm. that's where it crosses the line. And that line means I accept they have those beliefs. It doesn't mean that I accept what those beliefs mean mm -hmm. or that I definitely don't need to have that in my life. Right. Right. Because they have crossed the line into my personal life journey and they want to affect in some way my life journey and they're not allowed to do that that's my journey just as i leave them on their own journey mm -hmm. so it's not about telling people what to think 
but it is about how you impact another's life journey. And, and that's, that's a big thing for me. Like when I show up, mm -hmm. I want to say, am I contributing positively to this relationship, this connection, this circumstance, or mm -hmm. am I in some way harming it or, you know, creating some sense of hurt or disconnection? Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's really like, it's really facing yourself every single day. How are my words, what, what energy are my words carrying? What energy is my um, presence um, showing? You know, am, am I coming to this place of, because you talked about positivity and it's not mm -hmm. this like Pollyanna, there's nothing wrong, mm -hmm. everything's great. It's like, no, we all struggle. Absolutely. We all Every struggle. Day. And I choose to focus on the love and yes. the joy and the connection and the similarities mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. you know, the things that are, the things that are really endearing about us, a soul. Yes. You know, when we look at it in the perspective of our life journey, I have another analogy that I use uh -huh. and it's like a clock. Your life is like a clock. When you look at a clock, you know there was time before it. You know there's history. Mm -hmm. You can't go back in the history, but you know that it existed. But the clock only moves forward. Mm -hmm. So like the clock in our life, we just need to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so how, um, because I know this was a struggle uh, with your family, how have mm -hmm. your kids moved forward with you? Um, you know, we still struggle about what to call me so they just simply call me Cynthia mm -hmm. um, and we re revisit it about once a year it's still a very hard conversation for all of us to have because mm -hmm. it's trying to be respectful of everyone including my ex their mother mm -hmm. so um, we have that but beyond that all I simply want is them in my life and mm -hmm. so it's not about judging um, the words they say, the behaviors they do, the accomplishments they make, the grades they get, the pay raise they accomplish, th many things that I was judged on mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. for external validation. It's right. just simply, you're my kids and you seem to be great people and I just love having you in my life. And that's mm -hmm. simply the depth of my parental judgment is you're good people, you're my blood, mm -hmm. and that's simply all I use as a criteria to have them in my life. And so I think I've actually become a better parent mm -hmm. by learning to live with acceptance without understanding. As I've already said, reestablishing a relationship, uh, I mean, you know, I would occasionally connect with my kids just as kids grow up and, you know, they're living on their own, uh, whether through school or, or post-school. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, now through this, because I'm still in somewhat of a lockdown here, I still have regularly two video chats with my kids twice a week. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it's great. So we just, we connect, we catch up, we share what's going on. We share the highs, the lows, the uh -huh. what things are challenging. And I share my challenges. Like I don't judge and go, oh, I'm a parent. I'm not. No, it's like, no, you're adults. I'm going to tell you the adult things I'm challenged with. And yeah. 
um, we talk about them and, and I want them to understand like that acceptance is not an easy process. Like it's something you need to work at. And, and when you do it, then they can go do the work for themselves and learn to accept themselves and, um, you know, be happy where they are and who they are in life without looking at all of the other validation of the house, the car, the cottage, the winter All the vacation. external factors. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you get those, great, but don't judge your life on those. I did. And it doesn't buy happiness. Mm -hmm. So how, let me ask you, yeah. how can you, how, how do you, how can you, and how do you help people come to this place of acceptance without understanding? Because, because you can say, well, you need to accept yourself and people will go, I don't even know how. Right. And so with that, uh, I've been very fortunate through my life to be taught many, many skills. Um, and I bring those skills to the table in terms of dealing with it. For instance, Don, when you think about your ability to connect with people, is that a conscious or an unconscious skill? It depends on the situation. <laughs> Right. But the fact that you have that skill, did you gain it consciously? Oh, no. Okay. So you had it unconsciously. Mm -hmm. But you see, the difference in teaching somebody, you know, what that means is if something is unconscious and you have it as an unconscious skill, when the world changes, we've experienced drastic change in the last 14 uh, weeks. Yeah. You don't know how to adapt. You struggle. Right. right. But if you gain those skills <clears throat> consciously, then you know how to adapt. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you need to take what is unconscious and make it conscious. And you do that through inventory of recognizing the skills, recognizing is this an unconscious skill or a conscious skill. And sometimes just doing it makes those things conscious. But, you know, how did I learn to think critically? I learned it originally unconsciously. It was just something that was very natural for me mm -hmm. but learning the okay go ahead conscious and unconscious skills right <clears throat> so again the idea is that if a skill is unconscious when things change as they have in the last 14 weeks mm -hmm. you struggle to adapt mm -hmm. because you don't know how you learned that skill in the first place so you don't know how to adapt the skill right. change if it's conscious you can adapt it and through that there are many tools that i have at my disposal that i've been taught through the many years 30 years um, in various leadership roles um, up through executive and board roles that i can bring to someone else's toolbox and equip them on how to go through these things, take personal inventories, um, assess skills, figure out you know, what kind of leader, even the leader in their own life, are they? And how to kind of position that in order to, again, advance their professional career. And that's, again, looking at all four uh, modalities, right? Of their physical self, their emotional self, their mental self, and their spiritual self. So this is, this is really about waking up, right? Like becoming conscious of <clears throat> all these different aspects of ourselves and what things mm -hmm. are limiting and blocking us 
and what things are propelling us in a forward direction. Absolutely. Um, you know, I like to just, it's about becoming authentic and authentic doesn't mean that you're LGBT plus. Okay. It just authentic means it's the real you. No, no more hiding, no more fake layers. It, it's you. And that's not to say that you have to expose all of you to the world as I did. Um, but you can simply just be you and lead a happier, more fulfilling life mm-hmm. full of love with yourself. Uh-huh. Don't, don't you feel like that gives you such a sense of freedom and liberation? Yeah, it, you know, to not hold secrets and not be afraid to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even put into words, the, but it's just like, I'm, I, I think most people, you know, the problem with telling a lie is you have to remember what lie you told. And then, you know, we kind of build these shaky pyramids based right. upon these, you know, very stories. Fake, stories and fake fake foundations, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't have that worry anymore. Mm. It's just me and the foundation's solid. And I'm building a single pyramid on top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is represented as a pyramid. And I'm simply rebuilding my life through Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, you know, to deal with it. And you start by working through level one, which is safety and existence, mm-hmm. you know, a roof over your head, food in your belly, right? Um, and then you move to, uh, you touched on it, right? That, that reaffirmation of ourselves as, as a human being worthy of those things mm-hmm. that keep us surviving. And then we move into human connections. Um, and the human connections evolve into really the external element that's not driving us, but it becomes the recognition of our knowledge, skills, and abilities in terms of our mastery of our life, of our career, as, of our professional life, as I defined it. Mm-hmm. Until ultimately we continue to go after the last piece of you know, self-actualization, um, as Maslow described it, which again, I think is more aspirational than it is actually a state that we achieve, which is why as human beings, we're constantly growing and learning right. Um, it, it's a continuous cycle. It's not an end. Right. Yeah. So we, aspire, we aspire to that pinnacle. Yeah. yeah. I always say it's a journey, not a destination. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you have had an incredible journey, Cynthia. Thank you. Really. It continues. Yeah, it continues. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I, the, the last question that I yes. ask uh, my, my guests is how do you define real love? For real love? Um, for me, I define that as love and acceptance. So the acceptance piece we've talked about at length, the love is, I was very much in a codependent relationship, meaning mm-hmm. we could not exist without each other. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that love, self-love, is that I become a strong, independent person that doesn't need another person. But when I find that partner that I want to be with, it, that I'm still that strong, independent person with them, that's love. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they accept me, knowing 
as transparent as I am, um, that I have a history like the clock, mm-hmm. right? But they're prepared to move forward with who I am mm-hmm. so that we love and accept each other. And that meets the definition of what's true love. Yeah. Well, you are a beautiful, beautiful soul. Thank you. So yeah. are you. Thank you. Um, okay, so Cynthia, how can people get in touch with you to work with you, find out more about your articles and blogs and you know your speaking engagements? Because I know you do a lot of those things. Right, right. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, I'm all over social media on pretty much um, all major platforms, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, and on my own website at www.cynthiafortledge.com. Okay. And they can connect to all of those resources from there, including a contact me page if they wish to reach out and um, end up having a free 30 minute consultation to talk about what does moving forward in their professional life look like in context of their journey that I could help them with. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you're going to be helping a lot of people. I just have this really big feeling about you. Well, I know that you already are, and I look forward to all the ways that we can continue to help people in both of our journeys in life. Yeah, yeah. So um, listeners, I'm sure you have gotten so much value from this conversation because we touched on so many beautiful, beautiful um, insights and inspirations And so please subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast. Tell all your friends, um, give us some feedback. You know, if you want to, if you want to, uh, if you have any suggestions or recommendations of, um, you know, different topics that you want to hear more about. Uh, But all of this, all of this comes back to my favorite mantra that I say at the end of every podcast is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. And, you know, you are a testimony and a testament to this, that you have worked so hard on coming to this place of love and acceptance for yourself, that you so generously offer it to everybody that you come in contact with. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia, for being here. I really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yep. All right. So every day listeners wake up to more and more real love. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye.